The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, um, so during this week, we'll be exploring, practicing mindfulness right in the midst of our activities. And that's the intention of the, um, of the week. The structure for the week is that I'll basically give instructions today and then during the week, I'll be here every morning, 7.30 to 9 a.m., and every evening, 7.30 to 9 p.m., to uh, basically facilitate a discussion on how it's going for you to practice in daily life. So it really, the, the, the teachings during the week are very responsive to what you come with. And so part of the... Um, Part of the practice during the week is uh, to share with the group, um, to, to share your experience, to share your practice, and to think of it actually as an offering to the group, because very often when we share our practice with others, uh, the people who are listening may well find, wow, I really resonate with that, or you know, what's being said is something that they may have experience with but not have thought to ask a question about or to explore in a conversation. So the, um, the sharing that we do during the week will be a big part of the practice, and I'll talk more about how to engage with that as the week goes on. So the, um, we'll, I like to begin these... Oh, and then there's a day long on Saturday that we, uh, we have... Um, which is uh, open to the entire community. So if you are, are here today, I, um, I know that your weeks, your, your lives are busy. And so if you're here today, um, you know, you're welcome to come during the week as you can. I don't try, I don't make it that, um, you know, you have to attend every morning and every evening during the week. If you can do that, it's a really great support for your practice. Uh, and for the um, sense of this as a retreat. Uh, the mornings um, tend to be a... Um, the mornings are all a sharing with some teachings that I'll be offering about how to practice in daily life. The evenings will be integrated with the regular Monday and Thursday night sittings. So I'll be offering a Dharma talk on those evenings that are related to the topics that we're working with this week. So the, um, the morning session is really where the, um, I don't know, there's a cohesiveness, a kind of a community that develops during the week in the morning sessions. Um, because you are hearing how you're each practicing. There's a kind of an intimacy that comes with that sharing that's a, a really beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I'm just curious, how many of you um, are planning, I mean, this day is also available. You, you know, I've, I've put it out there that if you'd like to just come to today and not come during the week, that's okay too. Um, so I'm curious, how many of you are planning to be attending at least somewhat during the week? Great. I'll be a good group this week. See if there's any other kind of introductory things I want to say before launching in. (coughs) 
So I like to begin these retreats in the way that we begin a um, a residential retreat with a little bit of a ritual, which is to um, remind ourselves that we're all in community practicing together and committed to some similar uh, guidelines for our lives. And this is um, the exploration of taking the refuges and precepts. So we begin our residential retreats this way, and um, I like to begin this non-residential retreat this way also, partly because, you know, when we're practicing in, in daily life, the, uh, the refuges and precepts can be a very great support for us in our um, movement through our days. That when we um, commit to the uh, teachings of the Buddha as being our, kind of our framework for our engagement in the world, committed to the teachings of the Buddha, the, the Dharma, and the community supporting us as being kind of the container in which we are practicing. Um, it, it helps us to remember and to orient towards the Dharma during the week. The other thing that will really help you orient towards the Dharma during the week, if you're coming, is the, the actual presence here. I mean, that's a, it's a really huge support to um, have the infusion of a little bit of Dharma once or twice a day. That's quite powerful in terms of supporting the um, orientation towards the practice throughout the week. So the refuges orient us in that way. We take refuge. We, this, is the, this is our ground for how we engage is taking the refuges. The refuge in the Buddha, which in a simple way I like to think of as um, refuge in our capacity to wake up. Now, the Buddha was a human being and he found a way to wake up. He found this possibility in being human that it is possible to free ourselves from the kind of strictures, the constrictions of the mind that keep us caught, keep us stuck. And so he points to us that it's possible for us to wake up too. He asked his monks to practice, to free their minds of the, um, the factors of greed, of aversion, delusion, for finding peacefulness in their lives. And he said, if it were not possible, I would not ask you to do so. So he points to, for all of us, the capacity to wake up, the capacity to let go of the struggles in our lives, to let go of the ways we get caught, the ways we get um, hooked by habit, by pattern. And, you know, we, we often do this work in our sitting meditation, to explore how to let go of the way we're caught by emotions that come up or um, we explore how to let go of particular patterns of thought. And yet, we don't often have the instructions about how to do this in our daily lives. 
And so this is, this is a real, um, it is a possibility actually, the uh, waking up right in the midst of our daily lives. It doesn't only happen in sitting meditation. And so this capacity is there, not only in our sitting, but also in engagement with all of our activities. When we have an orientation around the second refuge, the Dharma, the teachings the Buddha offered, the uh, practices the Buddha offered, these are considered the Dharma. And we can take refuge in both the teachings and the practices in terms of um, you know, when we get caught, when we uh, find ourselves struggling, we can um, remind ourselves of our orientation towards letting go, towards kindness, towards compassion, towards wisdom. The other meaning of dharma is um, basically truth. And this practice, what the Buddha taught, really aims us right at the truth, aims us right at just right at meeting just what's right here in this moment. The truth is actually not an idea, but the reality of what's unfolding right here and now. That's a little bit different understanding of what truth is. We usually think about truth as being a concept. But what the Buddha really pointed us to was the truth of what's happening right now, right in this very moment. That truth can really only be met through the practice of mindfulness, through the orientation of understanding what's unfolding right here and now. And so the, oh, so much of our day, so much of our daily lives, we end up pulled away from what's actually happening here and now in the world of our thoughts, in the world of our ideas. And this is partly why I picked working with thoughts as a kind of a theme for the week. It's possible to work with thought with awareness, with mindfulness, to become aware of whether our thoughts are helpful or not, to become aware of whether our thoughts are necessary, true, timely, So much of our losing touch with this moment comes through the world of our thoughts. So we'll really be exploring that this week. So the Dharma, taking refuge in the truth of what is. Actually, this is the only place that there is a true refuge. When we align ourselves with what's actually happening here and now, there's a way that the mind begins to uh, orient to how to be with that without resistance, without struggle, and also without simply uh, being 
what's the, what's the word, um, indifferent. That meeting the truth in this moment doesn't mean that we are not taking action in the next moment. But it is truly understanding what's really happening here and now. And that gives us a good ground from which to step into the next moment and act from wisdom, from compassion, from kindness. And so this orientation towards the truth of what's actually happening isn't about just, oh, roll over me and I'll just sit here and watch what's happening. It really is about opening to what's here so that we can step forward with skill, with kindness, with caring, with love, with wisdom. And so the the refuge in the Buddha, the refuge in the Dharma support this possibility. And the refuge in the Sangha, taking refuge in the community of practitioners. That's a real big part of this week, um, as I think you'll see, that the support of having other people practicing and hearing how other people are practicing. You know, you'll hear simple mundane things about people. Well, this is what I learned while I was brushing my teeth, and this is what I saw while I was driving down the freeway. And it will inspire in you, oh, I could practice while I was brushing my teeth. Well, I didn't think of that. Or, you know, just, just ways in which hearing how other people are engaged really supports us, supports our orientation towards practice, towards the Dharma, towards being here, towards meeting this present moment's experience. And so to start a retreat in this way, orienting our hearts towards the Dharma, towards waking up, towards community. The other aspect of um, this ritual we start with on retreat are the precepts, taking the guidelines towards non-harming. And really for community, this is an important aspect, not only for our community here, but also for engagement in the world, that we commit to this week really working with engaging in a non-harming manner, committing to refraining from killing living beings, refraining to... Uh, refraining from taking what is not given, refraining from uh, harming through our sexuality, either, you know, just... um, um, Sometimes we throw our sexuality around in ways that can cause distress, even if it's not, you know, really a, a damaging kind of engagement. So, you know, just being aware of how we're using our sexuality during the week. Um, Refraining from false speech and refraining from intoxicants. So, just a few words about each of these. Um, Refraining from killing living beings. You know, even... this, This does refer to refraining from intentionally acting to kill any living being, including insects. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what I'd like to encourage this week, you know, the possibility of, you know, instead of killing that spider in your house, trapping it and taking it outside, or, um, you know, just finding ways to not actively engage in killing living beings. 
And we'll probably forget, you know, slap a mosquito or something like that. You know, it's, if you notice any, in breaking any of these precepts, they, they, they can get kind of subtle in ways. You know, we may find we've walked off from work with a pen or pencil or something. And, you know, it's like, it's not like you're, you know, going to be robbing banks and murdering people here this week. You know, it's not like you're probably going to have to think hard about not doing that. Um, and yet there are some subtler ways to engage with these precepts. And I do want to say, I mean, the fact that it's not hard to not, you know, murder people and, you know, rob banks and things like that. It's actually not a small thing. You know, if every person on this planet agreed they would not kill another human being or take something that didn't belong to them, what kind of a different world would this be? So, you know, even committing to engage from that level is a huge gift to the world. And I do ask this week that you explore the precepts in the, in the subtler fashion. And yet, you don't need to, um, you know, flagellate yourself if you found that you've, you know, slapped a mosquito out of habit or, you know, squashed an ant in your kitchen. Just see if you can remind yourself, well, this week, I'm, this is what I'm trying to do. You know, kind of almost make amends for that in a way. You know, r- remind yourself, you know, this is what I'm trying to do this week. See what happens for you if you engage in these precepts in a deeper fashion. So the, uh, the refraining from um, taking life, refraining from taking that which is not given, refraining from sexual misconduct. And again, the, you know, the, the, the technical framing of this is to refrain from um, adultery. And, again, you know, the, the, there's subtler levels to this of ways that we may use our sexuality, uh, of flirtation, of um, forcefulness. And just to be aware of that in your engagement this week. Are you, are you using your sexuality in any way that may be to get something that you want or to make somebody you know, go away or to... So just, just keep an eye on that. And then the, uh, the fourth, to refrain from false speech. This one can be a challenge sometimes. Um, the Buddha even to his son said, you know, you shouldn't even utter a falsehood as a joke. And he took it that seriously that even little lies or white lies, he says, kind of put us on a slippery slope. And so um, it takes a lot of honesty, a lot of truthfulness to ourselves to uh, engage with this precept, to engage with this um, non-harming through speech. Sometimes we think that we're actually protecting somebody by uttering some kind of uh, white lie, you know, the white lie that we, um, you know, I'm busy that day or something, you know. And yet, you know, again, this week to see if you can explore 
perhaps ways of communicating that are truthful. You know, one thing I found about the white lie is that the reason I found I needed, I felt like I needed to do the white lie is because I felt like I had to explain myself. As opposed to saying simply, no. So look at that around this uh, um, exploration of refraining from false speech. Are you, are you, I think there's something, I don't know if other people have, have mentioned this also, but um, you know, there, there may be something culturally about having to explain ourselves. But I found for myself that realizing I don't have to explain myself took a whole category of that kind of white lie out of the picture. I mean, even on my phone message, you know, it's like, I'm not able to answer the phone right now. Well, really? Is that true? <laughs> I changed the mass message <laughs> you know, to something. I don't remember what it is now, but uh, please leave a message after the beep. I think that's what it is, something like that, you know? <laughs> something really simple. No, no explanation. <laughs> just So... Um, and just an exploration of this, again, at the deeper levels. And then refraining from intoxicants. Now, I, it's an interesting practice, actually. You know, this is, we're talking about one week here. Um, I'm not going to, like, issue an edict here around alcohol. <laughs> but I would like to encourage you to explore it this week. For myself, when I started exploring this precept... The first thing I started to do was to notice, I mean, it's like some teachers have said, well, it means not uh, taking recreational drugs or alcohol to the point of intoxication. So, you know, a glass of wine that doesn't intoxicate one is okay. So some teachers, or a, a beer, you know, if you're not intoxicated by beer or something. So, so you know, when I first started exploring this precept, I... I just started watching what happened to me when I had a glass of wine with with dinner. And what I discovered actually fairly quickly is that when I had a glass of wine with dinner, my meditation in the evening was pretty fuzzy. You know, it was not a very clear sitting. And not only that, the next morning was impacted. Just a glass of wine, not to the point of intoxication, but just a glass of wine had a strong enough impact on my mind that I felt it for a full 12 hours. As soon as I started seeing that, and as soon as I really began to value clarity of mind, which didn't take very long for me in my meditation practice to really get a sense of how important and how helpful clarity of mind is. As soon as I saw that, there was a kind of a, an easy letting go of the glass of wine with dinner. So mostly, you know, I ask you to explore it for yourselves this week. What is, it, what is uh, the impact of it on you? And, yeah, just, just explore it. And if you are interested in seeing how is it to go without drugs or alcohol this week, you know, play with that. See what happens. Find out the ways that you rely on it. 
And this is one of the, the things about the refuges is we're, we're shifting what we rely on to things that are um, more deeply reliable than what we usually rely on. We often rely on drugs, alcohol, money, sex, you know, lots of things that give us a quick hit or a fix of relaxation or ease or a feeling of okayness in our lives. But how long do they last? And so this, uh, the exploration around the refuges and precepts is to begin to explore these questions. So I'd like to take the refuges and precepts together now. Um, we'll do the refuges. Has anybody never taken the refuges before? Okay, so we'll do a call and response. So we'll do the refuges in the Pali language. Um, this is uh, basically what we're saying in the Pali is I go for refuge. Well, the first part is, is a kind of an homage to the Buddha. It's an it's a appreciation. It's an expression of gratitude and appreciation for the Buddha who um, found this path, woke up in his own uh, capacity. And then we'll go to refuge. I go for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. We'll say that in Pali. And then the, for the second time, I go for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And for the third time, I go for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The um, precepts we'll do in English. I'll do a couple words at a time. Namo tasa. Bhagavato, Arahato, Sama Sambuddhasa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Arahato, Sama Sambuddhasa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Arahato, Sama Sambuddhasa, Buddhang, Saranang, Gachami, Dhammang, Saranang, Gachami, Sangang, Saranang, Gachami Dutiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Sangang Saranang Gachami Tadiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Tadiampi Damang Saranang Gachami Tadiampi Sangang Saranang 
Gachami. I undertake the training to refrain from taking life. I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not given. I undertake the training to refrain from harming through sexuality. I undertake the training to refrain from false speech. I undertake the training to refrain from intoxicants which cloud the mind and lead to heedlessness. So thank you for taking the refuges and precepts for this container of this week. And now, why don't we stand up for a moment? We'll do a, a sitting. So let's just stand up and stretch the legs for a minute.